The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. RSV season is very much upon us. It is a virus that can affect us all. It can be very serious, though, in infants, particularly those under two years of age. Somebody who knows all about it, TV presenter, brother, podcast host as well, Sheila Shoiga, who is with me. Sheila, great to see you. Great to see you. Um, I have so many memories, by the way, before we get into this, yeah. of when I was here a million years ago. And the, the, you, the not to tell people too much <laughs> detail, but the, the studio we were in was not a studio and this was the room you yeah, worked in. That's right. Yeah. This used Claire to be an Sutton office. was with you in yeah. here, yeah. Yeah, we used to call it the VIP room. The v- well, you Pure were the only ones who called it the VIP yeah, room. Yeah, I know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't believe I've actually admitted that on air. But, um, and used to come in and used to do like news and sports when I had a, a weekend show and look at you now, you're absolutely flying it. Yeah, no, it's great. Well, it's, listen, it's great to have you back in um, and we might talk about other stuff you're doing as well in your own podcast in a minute but I do want to talk about RSV and actually let me introduce uh, Dr. Maura Finn is a GP at NS Centric Health uh, Maura uh, you're welcome to the show as well and it is great to talk to you um, what is RSV? So um, okay well RSV to give you the science bit is respiratory, respiratory syncytial virus and it is a, it's a virus that's always been prevalent it, it, in the winter months like kind of rhinoviruses or coronaviruses or flu viruses RSV always does kind of like a peaks around October until maybe February. So it's the com- one of the commonest causes of respiratory illness in children and in grown adults as well and the elderly population, but particularly in, in children. And it's estimated that 90% of children will have had exposure to RSV by the time they're two. So that's pretty extraordinary, isn't it? Um, and even though an awful lot of them will only have kind of snuffly symptoms, snuffles, like temperature bit of a cough and slightly off form. Mm. Some of them get quite seriously unwell and some of them require hospitalisation. Um, and Sheila has experience of that, unfortunately. And I suppose what we're talking about here with this kind of Together Against RSV campaign is to try and just get people to really recognise it more, understand the trajectory of the illness and how it sometimes is very innocent, but sometimes it, it, it is not. And to be aware of what we call red flags, the things to look out for. So how, how does it manifest? What should people be looking out for? Well, you see, what's, what's difficult about it is that it starts like any other cold. So, you know, you, all our children get little colds, especially in the winter months, and that's normal. Um, and very often they will have uh, snuffles, mild temperature. You know, if they're very small, they might be, you know, on breastfeeding or bottle feeding and not feeding as well as they could be, a little bit tired, slight cough. We don't worry awfully about that. However, if they're under three months of age, any viral infection or any kind of signs of sickness, we prefer to be seen in in a GP um, environment. Or if they're vulnerable or premature, or if there's smokers in the house, it's better to be um, to check them. And many of them will just that's it; they'll get over it. But there is a percentage of them will really struggle. They'll actually become the infection, if you can imagine, goes down deeper into the lungs. So it starts up in the nose and the upper respiratory but it goes deeper into the lungs and into the small little tubes at the periphery of your lungs. And then it causes a thing called bronchiolitis, which causes a wheeze and a wet cough. Okay. Funny kind of thing. And the children, typically, they really struggle to feed. They can be really struggling to breathe properly and they'll flare their nostrils out. You can imagine they're making a big effort to take a breath in. You'll see them sometimes what we call belly breathing. They're really putting an effort into their breathing. They're sucking in their ribs and breathing very quickly. They can be grunting and breathing fast. And if any of those signs are they start, they're feeling poorly and they're not wetting their nappies or their colour is off or their temperature is too high and you can't manage it, 
they're all signs that we need to intervene. And it's a viral infection, so we can't intervene with antibiotics. Yeah. What we intervene with is supportive treatment um, and, and explaining what might happen and what to look for for the families. And that's what, okay. where the education piece comes in. Well, we might talk about that then, the, the intervention um, in a moment. But Sheila, so you have two kids. Both have had RSV. Yeah. Uh, but Kleena, your youngest, is who is most acutely unwell. Is that right? Absolutely, yeah. She got it at four months and then Cahill got it as well. I don't know who gave it to who. You know, these viral infections yeah. do the rounds. You never know who the typhoid <laughs> Mary is in the house. <laughs> exactly. And initially, I suppose, you know, this is... Funnily enough, we're in the season now and the season ends at the end of February, but it was actually March when she got it. Okay. Because, you know, it, it can extend, it can start sooner and it can go on a bit longer as well. But anyway, it was March 2022 and I suppose COVID was, and it still is with us. So I suppose initially it was kind of, is it a cold? Is it COVID? Did the test? It isn't. Okay, what is this thing? Because in the beginning it was very much like any other kind of a cold, sniffly. Yes. They're bunged up slightly raised temperature. She was just a bit off. So I brought her to the GP and in an instant he said it's RSV. Um, And it was, you know, keep the airways clean, use the nasal sprays and then if you need to, you can use the baby inhaler. So or the inhaler with the kind of a baby space which is effectively like a mask for for their face. But I suppose what happened to us was within a night or two, she just wasn't getting any better and it was late and we didn't want to go to sleep, you know, thinking, God, she's not... She's not herself. You know, she um, she wasn't feeding as much as she normally would. There was nothing major, but her breathing was definitely very strained. Yeah. So I suppose gut instinct is really important in a situation like this. And we just said, OK, let's just get a, get ourselves in the car. We did. We got Cahill up out of bed and the four of us headed off into Crumlin and we brought her into the, the emergency department. Um, there was a lot of waiting around, naturally, because they're very stretched. And that was only adding to my own anxiety, kind of going, God, I just need to, need to get her seen to. But we were, and they were brilliant. They monitored her. They, you know, did various tests just to make sure that her breathing was okay. And they were happy within a few hours to let us home. Mm. But it was, it was scary because, you know, they're, they're so tiny at that age. You know, she was only yeah. four months. And, you know, your brain can sometimes go to scary places. And I really didn't know very much about RSV and, at all before. And, and the decision to go to the GP... Um why did you do that? I know it's the right thing to do, but you know yeah. the way there's sometimes the temptation, particularly when you've got more than one child, you kind of get to the stage of, ah, they'll be grand. Aren't, they, aren't most of them grand? I suppose getting her seen to yeah. was, yeah, it's a good question though. I'm trying to remember because, yeah, you're right. Sometimes you kind of think, oh God, it's just it's just a regular cold. Yeah. They'll, they'll turn a corner. Maybe and you don't want to be that hypochondriac parent Yeah, no, I something. know, I get you. Absolutely. Um, I think it was that she wasn't turning a corner. Okay. Do you know what I mean? It was getting a little worse. Um, she just seemed a bit off. So, yeah, so beyond just the sniffles, she yeah, wasn't herself. She wasn't herself. Yeah, okay. She wasn't feeding as much. Now, we were lucky. She didn't, it wasn't a case of dry nappies or her not taking any feeds, but just not herself. And um, I suppose, again, it's back to that just in, instinctively. I felt, you know what, no harm. Get her seen to. And at least I'll know one way or another. But there's a reason people have those instincts. Yeah, exactly. Point, you know? That's exactly <laughs> it. That's exactly it. And I suppose that's the message with this campaign as well. It's not to ignore that. Because as, as, as Maura explained there, you know, when they're very tiny in particular, mm. it, it can be a cause of concern. Like I had a friend who ended up in a very similar situation to us, but her ba- baba around the same age as Kleena had to have the phlegm like suctioned off her lungs and was kept in the hospital for a number of nights. So 
I suppose I had that playing in my mind as well. So I was aware of it. And I do think information is really important because once you're equipped with the information that it's a bit less scary when you know. Yes. And you're familiar with the signs and symptoms, but also to act on it and not take it for granted either because we're not trying to scare people. Um, and plenty, and it's really common. It's highly contagious. More than likely, we've all got it. We, maybe we don't even realise we've got it. And Cahill probably got it when he was much younger and I didn't even realise. But we all got it actually in the end when 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 Cleana and Cahill and then we got it as adults but it was extremely mild on us mm. but obviously you know the, the concern is the very young and the elderly so um, I think once you know yeah it's it, it gave us peace of mind I wouldn't have been able to sleep that night had we not brought her in yeah um, and there were definitely a few hours where I was kind of going God is she okay you know because they were checking her breathing and monitoring and I don't know there was some sort of God, test you, to see you catastrophize don't of you of course though? you do because they're your most precious little yeah. beings you know and you'll do anything for them like and, and to see them vulnerable and sick like that when they can't communicate and I suppose as well when they're so young when they're bunged up like that they can't blow their nose they don't know how to clear their airways and I know. when they're snuffly like that and they're lying down it's just the sound of, of, of they make you know and they can barely breathe so yeah it was a, it was a bit scary but look very very quickly she did turn a corner and, and that was it but I think as well with RSV it's not a case of you get it once and you're done some kids get it get it very mild the first time maybe they get it another time and it isn't as mild or the opposite is true. So you might get it really bad the first time and, and a very mild case for the next time. So it's not a one size fits all either with it. Yeah, which is, I guess, the importance of the campaign as well. Is that not to dismiss it if they've had it before to think, well, they had yeah, it before exactly. and they just bounced back and they were absolutely fine. It's to pay attention to the instincts, uh, which is what you did. Maura, the intervention then you mentioned, what does that involve if not antibiotics? Well, exactly uh, Sheila's journey there. I mean, the, the first thing was, and I can't stress enough and it's great that she said this, like, you have to follow your instincts, follow your gut. If, you know, it's one of the things we, we teach young doctors, like if you listen to the parents, you know, you have to. And sometimes people over, over catastrophize and very frequently they don't. You know your own children and you know your, your instincts about when somebody is sick. So that's really important. But what happens is, you know, in, in a situation, sometimes babies are brought to us because they're meant to be in the creche and they can't get into this, the creche because the, the creche won't let them in because of the temperature and that's why they're bringing them into us. So it's not always because they're worried, it's often because they have to. Um, but if you're worried at all, we're very happy. Any child under six months um, who is in any way vulnerable, we would be very, very careful with any kind of viral infection, even if it is what you, we call just the snuffles. Um, and any temperature, we prefer to see them. So that is the first port of call. Very often what you're going to do is say, look, this is probably nothing, watch it. But we give a list of things to look for. And it is those things that Sheila was talking about, kind of just not being right, listening to the breathing and it doesn't sound right. The breathing is heavy, the breathing is laboured. They're making much more of an effort than they normally would and they're not feeding as well. And anything less than three wet nappies in a day, we kind of go, okay, that's not great, you know. Um, And then, like I said, you see, we can't do an awful lot other than give information. And um, in a situation where we're concerned, as GPs concerned about the child, we'll actually kind of sometimes send them in, hoping that they'll just be monitored for a few hours where they'll have a, what's called a pulse ox, so their oxygen saturations are taken, see if they're getting enough oxygen into their blood, um, looking at their respiratory levels, maybe suctioning them. That doesn't that happens sometimes. Mm. Sometimes giving nebulizer, but occasionally these children end up being in um, intensive care units, needing ventilation, needing supportive uh, support with their breathing, and that's very very difficult. It is usually very successful and they come out and it's grand, but it's a very traumatic yeah. situation. So it's best to know about, you know, 
what, when to get worried and get in there early rather than have a child that's really struggling at home. And one of the things I would have, when, I, when my children were small, I mean, I, I know we're not meant to bring our children into the bed with us, but I, you know, I would, any time a child has a bad cold, I'd bring them into bed, keep them, don't leave them if you're concerned about them. Don't just, you know, just bring them in, watch them, prop them up in a pillow and keep an eye on them, you know. It's, it's one of the easiest ways to kind of just watch things. And what, what can people do to mitigate against it? Yeah, I, 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 I mean, and, and I don't mean mitigate against it once infected, I mean to avoid infection. That's the that's the really t- tricky thing. And of course, you see, we all know now about viral transmission since COVID. You know, it's not that we want to go back there, but that that it is funny. During that time, during COVID, we had very, very little RSV because there was very little viral transmission of yeah. any sort of virus. So the measures that we're told to implement during COVID work. Now, I'm not suggesting for a second that we all go back to that, but some of the things we need to keep in mind Hand washing is essential, no matter what, you know, in be- and I, I, but every single patient I see, I wash my hands in between. It's just something I've always done. And it's, and it, it, it's, a, it's essential how it's brought into schools and creches and to home life. You know, we modify what we did with COVID, I suppose, coughing into your sleeve, cough etiquette, those sorts of things. Keeping symptomatic children away from school and creche, really important. That's really tough though you know you yeah. might have a child a small snuffle you can't you know who's going to mind them do you give them to your ask your elderly mother to look after your children who may be very vulnerable for RSV too it's a, it's a tricky thing um, but being aware is really important and maybe using hand sanitizer before you touch and you know if you go and visit somebody's newborn baby or a small baby use a hand sanitizer do not um you know, kiss or touch a small baby in yeah. the face. You know, th- those things are, are important. It, it feels a bit funny to say it. I think if it got into our psyche that we all kind of behave in this way, it would be easier because new parents feel bad asking you not to kiss their baby. But, you know, it's um, those sorts of things. So that's how viruses are transmitted. Yeah. Sheila, what is the website? There is a website, isn't there? We've yeah, there's a bombarded website. people with information there. There's, and there's loads on the website, which is great. So it's all the signs and the symptoms. It's all the ways to avoid infection, like more has been going through. And um, yeah, it's kind of a, it's a who's who guide of RSV. It's together against RSV. And you'll find everything you need to know there. And I think I really do think that once you know, it's just a bit less scary. And Cleena's is flying it now? Flying it. Not a bother on her. What are you going to dress up as for Halloween? She's only two, so she, well, we, what are you dressing her up <laughs> exactly. as for Halloween? We have a little witch's little outfit. Oh, she has good. the little hat. She has the wand. She has the big, big skirt. She'd be a very cute witch, though. Oh, yeah, okay. That, well, that's important <laughs> at that age. Um, are you going to dress up too, Sheila? Yeah, what are you dressing up as, Sheila? <laughs> oh, yeah, th- there'll be something thrown together. There's always some something. I'm always, like, frantically looking in the wardrobe saying, what will I throw together now? But I might actually go mad and just buy a hat. And that way, a witch's hat, and then it's done. My daughter wants to dress up as Megan, you know, from that horror movie. Have you seen that? I haven't. But she hasn't seen it either. She's only seven. <laughs> but one of her friends wants oh, to dress like up as Megan. Oh, it's like proper horror. I know the yeah. movie now. Okay. Yeah. Wow. This is, the, this is the thing now amongst the first classers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they want to dress up as Megan. They don't know We've what Megan is. we up, haven't we? But that's what they want to dress up as <laughs> Megan. Um, listen, the podcast is going well. It is. Thanks a million. I was actually thinking of it. I started four years ago this month. Oh, really? So, uh, yeah. And I was thinking, it can't be four years. But Niall Harbison was great on it recently. Oh, thank you. What a great guy. Yeah, what a brilliant... He? 
what an amazing guy. Yeah. Yeah, and he kind of makes you kind of feel a bit inadequate about your own life and what <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. What am I doing with my life? He's I the know. guy in Thailand saving street dogs. What, an, what a great guy. So yeah, look, I like to mix it up and have great guests and I'm very grateful. So yeah. thanks. Ready to be real is the name of that Appreciate podcast. It. Together Against RSV is the website if you want to find out more about what we have been talking about. Sheila Shaw, you get Dr. Maura Finn. Thank you both very much for joining me. Thanks a million. Thank you. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.